0: Yo, my affection for my reflection is pretty low. I see a boy that isn't ready to grow. I see an idiot that's stuck on an intermediate, that's cozy with his fears and past the challenges immediate. The man in the mirror is laughing at me. He sees the boy you used to see no longer happy. I want my swagger back. I want my courage back. What's going, going on, on,
1: everybody? Welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Reier, what sports quote unquote professionals giving our best shot at the world of podcasting. Boy, to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. First of all, shout out Man in the Mirror. That's our intro, outro music, as you know. JD Masters and Buddha, they're the fucking felias, best in the game, friends of the program, friends of ours. Go check them out on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, and anywhere you stream us, you can find them. Be sure you go stream us, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all major streaming platforms or podcasts. You can find them. You'll find us there. Great Tuesday night, we're recording this, we got a lot of NBA stuff to talk about, USA Baseball back for the Olympics, huh? And some football stuff, we got to talk a little NFL because me and Evan are just dying to get more NFL news back. Only a couple months away, but we can't wait any longer, so we're going to give you guys a little micro dosing of some NFL chatter. We got a lot of NBA going on, as I said, happening right now as we're recording, but first Evan, before we get to that, how you doing?
2: doing pretty solid just uh enjoying a day off and and uh kind of just hanging out getting ready for the podcast all day you know i i do my my five hour stretching routine uh, it's extremely strenuous but if i if i'm not loose you know both vocally and physically uh, and sexually uh, for the podcast, and, yeah, then I can't record it. So you know, I gotta, I gotta bring all that different type of energy uh, to to give the folks what they want. So yeah, and know, I, just, I, I,
1: I and I have seen Evans' routine for the first two. I have not stayed in his apartment long enough to see the sexual stretching that he does. That's more about it. Makes Gardner
2: Minshew's uh, naked locker room stretching look like. Uh, Look like your mom's Pilates class, so, uh, you know, I would, I'd watch out, you know, Dom, Dom had to, you know, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, and when you live in a studio apartment like I do... You know, the kitchen is everything, so you just need to get out of the apartment. Um, <laughs> <Exactly>. but, <laughs> but, yeah. hey, that is some absolute facts. And, uh, you know, in order to get the,
1: the, the, the mindset right on the right track back, we're going to go talk a little NBA kind of switching things up here. You know, like I said, we have some games going on tonight and, you know, the NBA has happened, been about two game, two days of full slate of games since we've last recorded, so I kind of want to just make a little note here, Evan, and this is kind of where I want to start off our conversation, is dating back to Sunday and Monday's games, and we're sitting here on a Tuesday night with three really good games going on, the Celtics and Nets starting as we speak, it's becoming so evidently clear, as we said, so chalk this one up as a big fat win for the down and out crew, the West is far and beyond better than the East, and it's not even fucking close at this point, like not even, not even close.
2: And we're not even talking about quality of the teams here, even though that's also the case. Uh, mm, right. It's more just that the series have been, you know, genuinely way better uh, so far. I mean, you know, you've the only sweep you've had is in the East uh, with with the Bucks and the Heat, and then you know, beyond that, I mean, really, you know, the only games in the series that went to two two were all Western games. So it's uh, it's not surprising, but. But it is it is like also like something I said to Dom earlier was like, I'm truly thankful that those two two series have happened because otherwise we'd be looking at, honestly, a lot of just like chalk. But, you know, I mean, you had stuff like, uh, you know, when when the Trailblazers won their opening game and then the Mavs win their opening two, that kind of gave you an idea that, oh, okay all right. we you know, we're at least going to have have a little bit of spice in this opening round. And I, I can't help but also
1: just, you know, think about the, the Wizards kind of coming back yesterday on a, on a Memorial Day and, you know, that, that, the kind of game you forgot was happening because, you know, everybody's kind of out doing their own thing. But the, the Wizards kind of stealing one, avoiding the sweep from the Sixers, I thought was actually just kind of humorous. Like, I actually literally chuckled to myself a little bit watching the Wizards somehow keep their season alive. Uh, shout out russell westbrook with 21 rebounds. I don't know. I see I didn't watch that full game So I don't know if that was just russell westbrook getting like, you know The russell westbrook kind of rebounds where the whole team just clears out and he gets a free lane to the rim You know, but I, I I digress in the fact that at least the wizards just you know Didn't want to roll over and die like the miami heat did which you know, let's just talk about the heat real quick They now i'm not gonna say they played basketball this series but they got on the court you
2: Yeah, know, they were like, there they showed up
1: yeah and i guess you've, you know you're e for effort if you're the heat there um y'all you know, was- they
2: weren't marked absent for pe class you know they they were there and i i can respect that but no it uh it wasn't exactly a fantastic showing and and the bucks aren't even a team that you know coming into the playoffs everyone was like oh well they're going to be really really hard to you know i mean of course they're they're talented they're good but but they're going to, you know, they have a chance to sweep their opening round. Like, it was more just like, Jesus, heat. Like, you guys have nothing to offer on a, for, for the Bucks. Like, you have literally nothing to kind of circumvent the, the Bucks defense, which, you know, credit to it is really, really good. But, like, I mean, nobody, nobody on that team really had the juice to, you know, even if they wanted to to break a game open, they nobody had the capability to. So, it's uh, hard times in Miami. And not even to mention, you know, kind of sticking along that East Coast as well is that
1: I, I, we've talked about them and we've kind of already sung their praises and we've said that they that they're playing as well as, as you could be and they're doing everything right. But again, though, like the Atlanta Hawks and it, it it just has to suck for the New York Knicks to think, you know, if you're a Knicks fan, like you've been waiting. So long to have this kind of moment back, y'all. You know, ha- have the Garden packed through your home games. Have the playoff basketball atmosphere back in inside of Madison Square Garden in New York. And then Trey Young is just gonna absolutely smother you. And the Atlanta Hawks are gonna run a three-one series lead after their win on Sunday. Like it, it, that, I I feel for Nick fans there. Like it was fun while it lasted for you, but uh, it really isn't your year. And again, just credit to credit to Atlanta because they're. They're a wagon right now. They're a wagon that I think a lot of people didn't expect themselves to want to be hitched up to. But I, I, if I wasn't a Lakers fan, I would probably hitch my wagon onto them right now
2: because that's a fun team to watch right now. No, for sure. And they've they've seemingly figured out the balance between, you know, Trey Young. Don, you know, we play through Trey Young. But, you know, we also have capability outside of, uh, you know, just Trey Young going off. Um, John Collins is playing well and, and DeAndre Hunter. And, and you know, it helps when you've got guys like uh, uh, Gallinari coming off the bench. You know, they've got some depth and they've got some serious scoring power through Trey Young. And, and as long as as long as everyone's doing their part, that's, that's really all you need. I do kind of feel bad for the Knicks too, but at the same time, you know, I... I I kind of said this before the series started, you know, episodes back, I, I, I'm not overly shocked. I mean, no matter who the Knicks were going to play, I was going to be a little hesitant to see how they do in that kind of first playoff series under this regime, under this group. And, you know, they, they, they're coming up, they came up on a team that, you know, honestly had a really strong back half of the season to, to get into the spot in the playoffs they were at and, and haven't really slowed down. So, like I said, kind of feel bad, but also not surprised. Not surprised as maybe we would be to
1: see that the Clippers have unfortunately tied the series up at 2 with Dallas. That that, that just more so pisses me off because, like, like, you knew it could as obviously as possible if the Clippers got their, got their shit together. But uh, it just sucks. As Lucas stands at this podcast is, just obviously stinks to see the Clippers now, you know, turning the tide on this series and possibly running the table and setting the Mavericks home. That's not what we want to see. But, again, if Christophe Porzingis is leading the way on Sunday, then, yeah, you know, probably wasn't going to look good in the forecast to begin with there, Tom. So, sad sad news for the Lucas stands out there. We feel your pain. I'm a little heartbroken.
2: Yeah, it definitely sucks. We'll see, though. You know, I mean, it's not not quite over yet, not quite out of it. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. And, I mean, credit to him, you know, Paul George had another slow start to the playoffs in those first two games. And, you know it's kind of turned it up in the last two and that's it's kind of been a difference maker i think so it's uh it's yeah, i i think too a lot of us were just like oh the mavs are up, too oh, let's go let's go like already looking to the next series already looking to see if there was a way that luka could could do the do the stretch you know uh don't, you know literally you know go the the entire playoff run with with just great games and potentially giving the mavs a chance at i don't know right. a western conference final appearance or God forbid, you know, uh, 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 a finals appearance. But, yeah, that's, yeah, I think we got a little ahead of ourselves. So, just is what it is. But, like I said, you know, 2-2 is, uh, it's not impossible, but definitely momentum is very, very much on the uh, side of L.A. right now.
1: And one place that the momentum definitely shifted, it's not there anymore, is that's with the the Memphis Grizzlies. The John Moran thing was really fun and cute while it lasted, apparently, because the Jazz just, you know, they remember that they're the top seed in, in, in the West and arguably the best team in the NBA all season long. So they're like, wait a minute, if we let Donovan Mitchell just fucking cook and Rudy Gobert just plays lockdown defense, Oh, we can be unstoppable and thankfully for them they figured that out after their game 1 loss and you know they're about to they're 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 about to go into game 5 with an opportunity to to win the series and move on and i guess it's it's nothing that you didn't expect but again though like just watching that's the beauty of the playoffs i guess in a sense right it's like watching the teams who are good and have the quality to to produce the kind of games at the jazz dude watching them turn it on and like what seems like a snap of a finger in between one game to a next like that's just what professional sports and professional basketball is about and that's that's just really like not won't i don't think fun is the right word to say but that's just like almost mind-blowing to see is like how quickly these people these people these guys can make adjustments and come back in the next three games of a series and totally 180 their performance and line themselves up for a series win
2: yeah and I mean you know it's uh, I think it's easy to forget too that you know Donovan Mitchell didn't play that game one uh, he was oh, out injured, yeah. and then and then you know he he comes back, and and it's clear that the you know I mean obviously Donovan Mitchell's one of the top you know three to five guards in the NBA depending on who you ask. So of course he changes the team when he returns, but they play like a different team too. You can definitely see there's a there's a level of intensity and confidence that that the Jazz have when you know I mean Spide is on the floor versus when he's not, and Spide yeah out. it's spider it's a great 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 nickname um uh but but uh and and he's 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 just a nightmare to deal with uh, offensively and and yeah, it's 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 kind of just become what what you expected, like you said, uh, you know, and 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 I love ja to Death, I I really do, but I've said this before, John Morant just defensively is so hard to watch sometimes, and the Grizzlies in general just don't have much to offer in that regard. They can score yeah. a lot of points, definitely one of the more fun teams to watch in the NBA, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to, you know. The if if the goal is hey we need to limit the the Jazz to less than ten points in the final three minutes to win this game. That's just I, not gonna happen. Yeah, I'm not gonna bet on that. So, um, you know, it's tough, but but deserved deserved a, a likely series win coming up real quick for the Jazz. So.
1: Uh, and the one the one series that we that we uh, you know obviously other than Lakers Suns which you know tied up at two yeah, that's just uh, it it is what it is and i'm just not going to like act like i'm frustrated about it even though i am and that's just what happens when you go back to LA thinking that thinking that the world is a fairy tale thinking that you could, you know, go back to Phoenix with a 3-1 series lead, but, you know, Anthony Davis getting injured. You know, I'm not upset. I'm not getting frustrated in case you couldn't tell. But, uh, you know, it's just it sucks when your dreams get crushed in a, in a great big ball of fire or more so Anthony Davis' groin um, just, you know, stinks. It stinks. And uh, Chris Paul, obviously, is just a game changer, but we don't have to even get into that. Uh, I'm going to go cry in the bathroom a little bit.
2: We'll see what happens. I I still don't had the Lakers out of it yet, but yeah, geez, man, that is a uh, it's an extremely bad beat and and just, uh, you, I just
1: I want you'd want it, You just wanted it. You I wanted it so bad to go back to Phoenix three one because I thought about it. I'm like if we go back to Phoenix three one. I'll gladly feel comfortable, you know, cigar and whiskey in hand, going back to L A for Game Six, you know. But two two back in Phoenix. It, it's once again it the momentum has swung. It's back in anybody's favor. And I, uh, man, just yeah. I, I, they, they play tonight. That's why I don't even need to dabble into, it, into it too much. Is yo, know, we're gonna see. We're, by the time you guys are listening to this, we'll already know a game five. So you'll know my mood come tomorrow. Uh, Trail Trailblazers Nuggets again. They're playing game five tonight as well. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get you guys up to date more when those are done. But man, just oh, I wanted. It. I just I wanted the Lakers three one into Phoenix so bad. I just I, I wanted. I know LeBron James is a committed man and has been married for numerous amount of years now, but I would like to see the headline, Kendall Jenner breaks up with Devin Booker in attempt to establish an affair with LeBron James, like an open public affair. Like I just want to see LeBron James take over the Sun so much that Devin Booker loses Kendall Jenner. That was kind of my hope and dream, but again, we don't live in fairy tales.
2: No, uh, we do not, um, Dom, and instead Devin Booker's going to drop like 40 a game over the next two to to just royally ruin your entire your entire scene but i'll say this real quick too i get why lakers fans are upset however i don't think lakers fans can really bitch when you're defending nba champs i don't really no one feels bad for you i just hope you guys know that you know i mean it's i get it i get that you can feel bad for yourselves but no one feels bad for y'all so just so you know um, if that makes you feel any better, um, I mean, not not really.
1: I was looking for sympathy from the from the listeners from the nation, but you know what though? That that's just what happens when you're when you're the greatest sports organization. Uh, well, actually, I probably shouldn't say that, but cause that's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but when you're the greatest NBA organization to ever walk the face of the earth, yeah, you know, haters gonna hate. And no, I mean, if if, if I am being realistic and out of my sad boy debt mood, like I'm not. I'm not nervous, you know, as as I was, you know, when we were talking about the Lakers in, in games one and two, even back when they were in the play-in game against Golden State, you know, like I'm not I'm not nearly that level of nervous right now. It's just frustration. I think it's more so just because I think it was just a big letdown to to lose that that game for at home. You know, I think that's that's a game where you you expected LeBron to rise up and and hit a couple big buckets. Uh, obviously, the injury to AD, like I mentioned, was something that's you know unthinkable or just wasn't imaginable at that time. Uh, but yeah, it's just I, you felt like LeBron maybe had the the potential to elevate his game enough to change the dynamic of that game and and go get an extra eight points but again chris paul's performance what what he does off of the scoreboard as well you know is that that was just on full display as well that was a lot of fun honestly to watch chris paul just do you know true point guard grow man shit and just run it up and down the court for his team so such is life what are you gonna do right um yeah, I'll be I'll be done there. I, I, unless you have anything with Trailblazers Nuggets, I think it's time that we talk about the Celtics net, Nets and more importantly the fans. But I'll let if you have anything else to add before we do that, I, I'll, I'll give you your chance right here.
2: No, uh, I had my own segue I was about to try and pull off, but uh, you just went you just went for it. So so uh, let's uh, let's get into it. I, uh, I I definitely I have a you know I think. So for uh, everyone who's listening to this, I obviously ought to know that, you know, on, uh, I guess it was Monday night, uh, a fan ran onto the court at the, the, the wizard Celtics, uh, or the, or the Nets Celtics game. And, uh, it was, it was Nets Celtics, right?
1: Uh, the the all right. So the fan running on the court, I believe, was the Wizards Sixers.
2: Oh, and, oh, Kyrie and, Irving with Net Celtics, and then and then, er, yeah, and then Wizards Seventy the, the, the Sixers. Uh, there, there's the so much. There's the
1: just there. so much fan shit going on right now. It's been well, hilarious. and then
2: there's like literally every every day. If you are on like if you follow enough like MLB accounts or you know kind of like I don't know like you know like bro based like bro Bible and different things like that. You also see videos of people just like decking each other at MLB games. (laughs) It's like fans go back into that, like women, men, everyone's getting fucking laid out. And I, I think it's clear that it's like, it literally is like a, it's a anthropology, like it's a sociology kind of thing of like, People are finally going out and get the chance to be assholes like they haven't gotten to do that in a year and they're
1: just fucking unleashing all this pent up energy and I I get it more here for it
2: and I get it but at the same time it is so it is like it is wild to me to see it firsthand to like literally be like oh wow like this is you know group psychology like, everything I learned in, like, the class I barely paid attention to in college is, like, quickly being proven before our eyes. Yeah, I mean, like, who, who
1: who did pay attention in that class, by the way, just first off? Like, I, I, I remember taking that as just a, a BS prerequisite and, like, you know, I, I learned more about psychology and sociology of what we're talking about right now than I ever did inside a classroom.
2: Yeah, and uh, I, I agree, and, and so, yeah, just to, I guess, we, we kind of glossed over the, the specific events, but dude throws water bottle at Kyrie Irving, he is banned for life, that's already been, like, confirmed, arrested, you know, whatever, yeah. um, and then the next that's a, night- That's assault, brother. That's, that is assault, and uh, also, it's like, I don't know, like, so there's apparently, like, a clip of Kyrie, like, walking out to, like, dap up. Teammates in the middle of the court, and then he like specifically looks down at the Celtics logo and, and then on like that. The st- yeah, like, and I mean, like, you know, I could, I, I think it does look like he did that on purpose, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I he mo- he even most if definitely
1: I was, did. Most definitely. If,
2: if I was a Celtics fan, I can't even imagine caring. Like, I get it. Like I know that Kyrie was 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 there and and you know blah blah this it's kind of been a contentious kind of atmosphere in that series and and, and, and you know literally any time they talk about each other since but by that same notion I would just be like Kyrie dipped so long ago that I would have a hard time being like Oh, foot Kyrie like oh like whatever how could you do this? Like Like you had to get over uh,
1: it at that point, like get over well, it.
2: I mean, it's like when I see—don't get me wrong. Like, I I like to hold a little, you know a little grudge here and there. I like to get petty about about sports. That's why we do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like after I was getting bored about being mad about Leonard Fournette, like ninety probably like by like week twelve of last season, like. I was already like over it, and by the time playoff Lenny and Super Bowl Lenny was really going, I, as a Jaguars fan, I was like, you know what? Good for him. Like, who cares? I can't. I can't really be bothered by this. Uh, granted, you know, stomping on the logo, I guess, is a different story. But I don't know, man. I. I. I, I don't. Th- I don't think anybody bringing that up really is like highlighting the like. I don't think that matters so much. I think the water bottle, on the other hand, is like a damn. like, yeah, like I mean, I, it's I I, I,
1: think, I think you have to dis, 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 differentiate and distinguish, I guess, where you're in like like the Ron, the whole Ron test, like him running up into the stands and punching fans. Like I, I'm surprised we haven't seen like part two of that yet, involving like so, uh, you know, whether it's Kyrie or somebody else. I just think a lot of the other players here have, y'all, you know, they know what's at stake. They know that they can just kind of get off the court and just do whatever, you know, let, let that be their decision. I, I do want to say, though, like watching baseball fans, fans themselves fight fans in the bleachers, hysterical. I'm all, all for that. Could not be more for it as somebody who just just to watch that via Twitter, right? Could care less. I will say, like, if you're going to start throwing water bottles at the at the players, walking through the tunnels, like, trying to, like, I think Russell Westbrook got some stuff, like, thrown on him or someone, th- like, dripped a water bottle on him going through the tunnel or spit on him, you know, th- there's yeah, a lot that, of rumors. Yeah,
2: spit on, yeah. And, like,
1: that that's childish, dog. And, I mean, first of all, that is a crime. Like, you are going to get, you know, banned from, the you know, watching a sporting event, you know, uh, charged with a crime, probably arrested and, yet yeah, charged. And, you know, too, like, for, for what reason? Like, you don't you're not getting anything out of well, that, yeah. though
2: that's what i was gonna say it's not i'm not coming from the perspective of oh like and i know dom isn't either of like oh poor Kyrie irving like he got hit with a water bottle at like a slow rate of speed like what uh like or you know or he almost did he didn't even really get hit he just you know missed him um it's more of just like one whack as fuck two i like i mean to that celtics fan at that game it's like Dude, you've really made it so you can never go to a game. Like why? Like I, you, I, I just, I, I think it's just really, really dumb. Like it's, it's, it's more of that than anything else. It's less about like, oh well, we need to treat these guys better. Like you know, we need to treat them with respect. But it's more of just like, dude, you are the dumbest motherfucker for <laughs> like for just doing that. Like I, I, my favorite thing to do in life is pretty much going to sporting events, and the idea of like. Banning myself from you know uh, Bryant Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa or or you know the bank down in Jacksonville or wherever that's nightmare just fuel is like, right? That's fucking nightmare yeah, fuel. I can't ever go to these games again. Fuck. Like yeah. Come
1: on. Oh, I, I I would feel the same way about going to the slash getting an assault
2: all. charge. Slash yeah. getting an assault charge—that sounds really great for your for your life uh, <laughs> yes. for, for whatever. Yeah, just in general, like that sounds like a great idea. So you know, it's just it's just stupidity. The dude who tried to touch the rim on the in the Wizards uh, Wizards 76 sixers game was actually just hilarious. Like that, I that dude wasn't trying to hurt anybody. Literally, just runs up, tries to touch the touch the rim, misses, gets tackled. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't touch the rim. Dwight Howard comes over to, I hope and I believe, basically be like, dude, you couldn't even touch the rim. Like, yeah, I, I hope he. That's that, that's that what pose, was said. Like the, the photo of Dwight Howard leaning over him, coming and over, he's like, bending over, is that, so funny. That has that
1: like just like, hey, brother, like you failed, bro. Like you didn't even do shit. Like I, he probably he may. I don't know what he was saying to him, but I, I'm like you and really am hoping that in the back of my
2: mind he did just trash this man. And Dwight's a funny day. guy. He's a charismatic guy. You know, yeah. he probably. Probably like, had it, had something to say.
1: What was it from like twenty ten to like twenty twelve, or really even like tw- thousand nine to like twenty twelve? What were like his prime years? Remember like the Superman cape coming out and the dunk yeah. content? These are some uh, real prime late- ass years where Dwight was like the fucking man.
2: Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was. He was. There was, you know, a, a small time where Dwight Howard was being talked about as, you know, is this going to be the kind of. You know, is this going to be the center the, you know, of, of the 2010s of whatever. And, you know, it, it didn't end up paying out that way, but I've always, as, as, you know, bad as some of the decisions that Dwight Howard made during that time period, that's sometimes coming off as dumb as he, as he's came across over the years. I've always kind of dug Dwight Howard. And I mean, these days it's kind of just fun to see him still playing more than is anything else. And, and I, him I having enjoyed him
1: as, yeah, I enjoyed him as a piece of the Lakers, you know, uh, he, yeah. he
2: wasn't, yeah, he was, uh, I actually was yeah he
1: was he was no i don't think he was with us last year for the championship but he was there for lebron's first year so obviously the year that we didn't make the playoffs but you know contributor and it was uh, good to have a guy like around him i think like you said he's charismatic he's well known in the nba like I, I i don't think anybody really has a good solid reason why they could say they legitimately have a hate for dwight howard
2: exactly and so him having another uh viral little meme moment or whatever you want to call it was uh was definitely fun and and yeah i mean uh that's that that's you know a fan running onto the court and getting banned for life stupid but enjoyable you know somebody throwing something or spitting on someone or you know uh doing something i don't want to say violent but um i don't know antagonistic yeah uh to to pull out the the journalism big words uh is 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 not so great and and uh yeah, so, you know, two different stories, but at the same time happening back-to-back, it's now kind of becoming a, you know, like everyone's kind of talking about it. I feel like today on Twitter is is just like, dude, everyone's going fucking crazy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, it's been, it's definitely it's definitely happening. It's definitely real that people are being a little bit more uh, uh, out of pocket, so to speak, you know, over the past, as, as fans have started to come in. But yeah. at the same time, I don't know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not worried about yeah, the state said, of fans not, coming back. I, and
1: I'm not overly concerned either. Now it, it does make, but bring up this interesting point here. Now, obviously, you know, fans, the, the NBA stuff has always happened, right? It's just kind of, it's always in cycles, right? So you have Ron, Ar- Ron, Artest incident way back, right? It's just fan incidents always come back in cycle, right? Like Charles Oakley, you know, in New York, and then you get what you're getting right now back here in 2021. Uh People run on the football fields all the time. There's a streaker in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, MLB stadiums. How many videos of like you know, college dudes hopping out in the left field, right? Like you know, evading the security in center field, right? You get all that. Now, here's a challenge I have to those who are really trying to get themselves into the uh, you know the realm of respect in terms of trying to be the 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 fan that gets himself arrested or creates the social media buzz. I challenge any fan. To streak or get on the ice at a hockey game, and then try. Yeah, to get I don't out. know
2: if I've ever seen that. I've been. I, have, to, I know it's probably happened, but
1: oh, I, I got. I got to imagine it's so challenging because you have the net all around you. The only way to get onto the ice are through the players' tunnels or where the Zamboni comes out. So, like, it, 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 I think it makes it a lot harder in hockey, and that's why I don't think I've seen it. But I'm throwing that challenge out there to anybody or anyone who thinks that they can pull something off like that, $100, 100 smackaroos from the down and out account, if you can pull that off, because I I think that'd just be hilarious, because so you know what the hockey guys are going to do, right, like, they're just going to skate up to a dude, because obviously this person doesn't have skates on, unless they've pre-orchestrated this whole thing, right, like, they're just going to get fucking leveled, like, like, uh, Connor McDavid from the Oilers is just going to come up and fucking cross-check this dude into oblivion, the dude's going to have a third third-degree fucking concussion with blood gushing out of his eye while he's, you know, put in handcuffs and arrested. So I uh, I, I, I think that's why you don't see it in hockey is because I think fans are wise enough to know the hockey guys are going to fucking kick your ass if you did something like that. But then again, though, I think it'd be really fucking entertaining along with seeing a bunch of fights, watching a couple fans try to, you know, power glide their way across the ice trying to, you know, touch on Mark andre Fleury or some dumb shit.
2: No, that is uh I would also be willing to chip into the payment of a fan uh, of a of of someone listening to this uh, trying to do that but yeah that sounds like quite the tall order and and like you said probably quite the worse uh, punishment uh, uh it you know when you get caught uh when you when you get stopped but right. who knows maybe uh you're the second coming of uh of you know Wayne Gretzky on skates. And you're just able to, you know, dodge and weave, dodge and weave uh, your your way around the, you know, I guess, uh, Stanley Cup. You know, we're you, running out of time. Yeah, gonna go do, big.
1: You do, you do have that possibility to be crafty and nimble because you're basically gliding on ice. So if you play yourself right, if you you know put in the proper training, put in the off season work, we're talking about practice. You can execute that. You know, it just comes down to your the person's willpower, tenacity. Gary Vee. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I, one other thing we'll mention before, I guess we head to the cash grab here cause we're coming up on about half an hour. So this is normally the part we take our cash grab, uh, quick shout out to way to stay relevant United States baseball. Uh, now before you get really too amped up about the story, let me first explain. So Tokyo Olympics, if, if they happen in 2021, as they were supposed to happen in 2020, they're bringing back baseball to the Summer Olympics, which I think is awesome. I think, you know, it's we haven't seen it since 08, and it's been really fun to, to think about the, the chance of, of baseball coming back in and, you know, what does the United States represent well? Who do they bring in because it's a season, right? I think it's all fun and games if it happens, but as me and Evan were looking at this roster of who, the, who they have as of right now, I mean, you're talking guys who are playing AAA ball or free agents. If uh, Eddie Alvarez and Todd Frazier are your two best players and most known on this roster, yikes-a. yikes! I don't know.
2: Matt, Matt Kemp, I think, is a bit he's more. He's fucking famous. washed? Yeah. Oh, oh actually, Yeah, oh, he's okay, washed, yes. but he's yes. definitely most famous. I mean, no, actually, no, was... you're,
1: you're you're very. He was a World Series MVP. You are one hundred fucking percent right on that. My 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 apologies for not giving Matt Kemp the proper respect. He did earn. Okay, you're but he right is, there. like,
2: 57 years old. Yeah, he's fucking and, washed. 225
1: and, pounds, fucking 6'4", goddamn fat ass.
2: Fucking <laughs> 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 mad. Fucking mad. No. Now. But, yeah, it definitely... I mean, I, I think that's the nature of summer baseball is that, obviously, you're never going to have, you know, true you know uh, a, a true you know best of best of the town available then again neither is like any of the central or south american countries um, that you know could boast you know, uh, uh, some really, really talented squads. Yeah, because it's not like I don't think like I don't think
1: like Ronald Acuna is gonna play for his international team. Same with like Fernando Tatis. Like I, I don't like I, don't, I Doesn't I've heard anything about those guys going to play for their countries in the Olympics as well? Um, which actually, you know, it creates a different dynamic, right? Because. Obviously, the season is still going on, but you know, like, NBA players, you know, die for the opportunity to play for, for the Olympic team because it's such an honor. And I'm, I'm not saying it's not an honor to play for the U.S. baseball team, right? But you can definitely tell there's some disparity in terms of how, oh, each, sport, how each sport in the Olympics is, is respected through the United States. And there's nothing more disrespectful than bringing Mike fucking Socia in to be the manager of your team as well. Um, longtime Angels. Uh, manager and so obviously he all you know, he brought the angels our world series so like the Angels stands out there are gonna be like Dom stop disrespecting a legend like social brought us you know our World Series. Like fuck you dog that was an 2 He did shit for us afterwards and he's wasted half of Mike Mike Trout's career and has literally led to this point where, you know, wasting the rest of his career. But nonetheless I digress before I get on my fucking hotbed here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it take it down a notch. But nonetheless, yeah, I they still have to qualify. It's not a sure thing as well. The U.S. still has to be has to beat the Dominican Republic coming up on Saturday. Uh, they've done one. They've already won one game, but they got to beat uh, the Dominican Republic. Then they've got to go and play a game against Puerto Rico two teams that obviously have the potential to beat the U.S. I just think more so it's nice to at least see that they're giving it a thought and the chance that baseball, regardless of the U.S., is going to be there. We'll be back in the Olympics if it happens this year. It's cool. You know, the more sports, the better at the Olympics. You really can't go wrong with that formula.
2: Nope, I agree with that, and hopefully they can get it off. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of pay attention not to the Olympics, but just to – to kind of some international sports stuff, I follow a few different reporters here and there, and you know, one guy I follow who covers soccer in Japan, you know, tweets a, a ton about the Olympics over there, and and you know, I mean, it's just it's just the the general media opinion, but but really, it it a lot of people are not optimistic about it even happening. Um, so so we'll see, you know, we'll see because Japan apparently is having some pretty big issues. Uh, uh, one, getting vaccination vaccinations in. To even you know give to their citizens like it's you know they're they're having a hard time just getting supply and then to you know at the same time they're trying to reopen and and cases are spreading and so we'll see we'll see Japan government wise seems like they're committed but the the kind of. Everyone else seems like they're they're a little unsure, yeah. so
0: we'll have to see about those logistics.
1: Well the good thing about the summer is though is that uh, I believe is it is it the uh, the the Euros are this summer in soccer, Evan or is it correct. We do so have you, the Euros as well. So, so you got the Euros coming up this summer anyway, so big international sports coming up, which we're gonna talk a little bit about some soccer in Evan Soccer Quarter recap Man City Chelsea. We'll talk a little Jake Paul Fucking drama. He's getting back in the ring. We'll talk about who he's going to go up against. As well as wrap it up a little NFL talk. We're going to take a quick break. Go make some money. Go catch a quick bag. We'll be right back. This is Down and Out. Stay with us. What it do guys, Dom here And the summer season is beginning to ramp up And if you're like most Americans You could use a good car wash And interior cleaning To get your whip feeling like a million bucks You're going to need to turn some heads this summer And the best way to get your ride Nice and purdy Is by taking it to Apex Auto CNY In Syracuse, New York Mike and his guys excel in customer service And promise 100% Satisfaction every time Check out Apex Auto CNY on Facebook and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out underway. First off, we're gonna go right to Evan Soccer Corner. We're gonna go a recap Man City versus Chelsea. Remember how we told you to bet the mortgage on whatever said it was opposite day, folks. So if you weren't thinking. That it was opposite day, that's on you. Do not blame us. Do not blame Evan. Do not go into his DMs. That's on you. Alright? Evan gave you the winner, but it was opposite day. I got you, Evan. Don't worry. Don't don't, don't let them people trash you.
2: Folks, uh it it, it was rigged. Um, no. <laughs> I it's the, the the simple fact of the matter is, is that Man City uh, actually kind of threw us for a loop in the way that they uh, set up against Chelsea. Uh, uh, Pep Guardiola, the manager for Man City, elected to not play with the defensive midfielder and instead start Raheem Sterling, who... Really has not had a great year overall, and then over the past like four or five months, it's been especially ice cold. Uh, and and as my, I actually do like Raheem Sterling, but but Pep Guardiola took a gamble, said, okay, you know, let's let I think we'll we'll still possess the majority of the ball and create enough chances, and having somebody like Raheem Sterling is going to pay off really well and it didn't uh in fact they 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 pretty much got out possessed i'm pretty sure it was tight it was like 50 50 close to it but for the most part chelsea was able to do more with the ball when they actually had it and sure enough uh one really nice little sequence uh Uh, a through ball came through for, for Kai Havertz who has had a slow year Has only scored in six games, including the champions league final, but he had a really, really nice touch and slotted it, uh, you know, took it past Ederson and, and slotted it home for the only goal of the entire game. Uh, city had some chances to, to equalize. And, uh, honestly, I mean, Christian Pulisic, you know, rep, rep the U S kind of missed a, a, missed a goal to put away the game. Uh, with about like 15 minutes left, it was a really tough finish. It was not an easy goal by any means, but but it was one that you would expect him to, to kind of put away, and and uh, he wasn't able to, which was kind of his only big moment of the game. But first American to win the Champions League, uh, you that, know, on see, the that, main that roster. Was cool.
1: That was that's, yeah. that's just a cool moment.
2: First American to win the Champions League. First American to play in the Champions League final. He scored in the semifinal. Um, you know, it, it is really, really exciting, and uh, that is good to see. And as much as I hate Chelsea, it's uh, it, it is what it is, and and uh, credit to him because I didn't really see them winning. So obviously, I you, I told but you to, were
1: you were right on the under though. You did say bet the under.
2: I did think it wasn't going to be crazy, but I was I was right about the under. Yeah, so we kind of pushed. If you win a unit in a unit, that being said. I was right about the under, but I was right about the under for the wrong reasons. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, I guess, but, but yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's really all I had to say about the champions league final. And, then, you know, we'll talk about the euros as we get uh, closer to it, which is, you know, it's really coming around the corner. Um, they announced over this past weekend, all the different countries have, uh, have been announcing, uh, their rosters, uh, for, for the euros and, and, uh, it's, it's, I mean, that's why the Euros whoops so much ass and why the World Cup whoops so much ass is because not only are these, you know, really, you know, popular teams with great history, but, you know, I mean, France, England, Germany, Italy, Spain, Portugal are all going to be fielding teams that are really, really, really strong. And that's not even bringing up, you know, some of the maybe dark horses like the Netherlands or Croatia or right. or, or what have you. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fire as it always is. And, and, uh, and yeah, you know, we, we've got some time though. It's, it's June. It's officially June, which is wild to say. It doesn't, it kind of felt like it snuck up on me, but, but we still got a couple weeks, I think, until uh, a few weeks, actually. I think it's June 20th or, or something like that that it starts. So, I, The
1: only thing I wanted to bring up about this whole thing is because I, 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 I watched maybe 30 seconds of it as, as I was able to um, during a quick break I had in work. But I just want to say, obviously, it, like for us back home here in America, obviously with Christian Polsic winning that, as Evan said, all the accolades and stats that come with it. What I forgot, though, because nobody talks about where he was from, like I didn't know he was from Hershey, Pennsylvania. And not only is yeah, that, that not is only true. not only is that close to like my you know my hometown of Syracuse, New York, but I just didn't know like. Good soccer talent comes from the Northeast. You think, like, I, I, when I, and it's it's my own fault. I'm stereotyping good, you know, United States soccer players because I think of, like, Landon Donovan playing for, like, the LA Galaxy and, like, Michael Bradley. I think of guys, like, going to Palo Alto and playing for Stanford or down here, like, in, in Carolina, in Duke, right? Like, it just, the, Hershey, Pennsylvania does not scream to me booming soccer metropolis, but awesome story though, because if anybody's been to Hershey Park, that shit kicks ass between the ages of seven to 17, 18, All right, so like that was when I kept hearing that going over the broadcast in the and on social media. That was a cool moment. I was like, "Rep Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have a nice, nice fucking cookies and cream chocolate bar in honor of Christian Pulisic today." Pulisics
2: are gross. Ugh. Um, uh, but, you, got, you gotta, but, you gotta,
1: you gotta blend them like. Put them in a like like a graham cracker for a s'more. Maybe a milkshake out of them. They I will agree they are tough eating them raw. But if you blend it with the right thing, little ice cream, those things fucking smack.
2: Dom, uh, Dom's opinions or uh, my my retweets are not endorsement, and neither is me being on this podcast with Dom. Um, I will say real quick too, the other interesting fact uh, about the final was that even if Chelsea had lost, the U.S. was still going to have their first ever Champions League winner. And that's because Zach Steffen uh, is the backup goalkeeper for, uh, for Man City and was on the bench on a uh, on on saturday um zach seven is a name that any soccer fan knows like any like hardcore soccer fan knows but i think you know over the next few years especially a lot of just general american fans will will very much uh, come to know that guy's name because he's a very very talented young goalkeeper who you know is obviously playing for man city so that's a that's a good sign so are we talking just about ran- he's
1: probably like the national team like is he in, is he in the footsteps of tim howard here
2: well, so he will. He will definitely. The thing is, is that there's still competition for the starting spots as of right now. The thing is, is that there's kind of like two camps. There's, you know, kind of the side that you know is highlights maybe you know other goalkeepers that that have you know probably still you know more veteran, experienced goalkeepers who who probably deserve the spots, such as maybe like a Bill Hamid or or what have you. But then there's the other camp that's like Zach Stephan needs to just go ahead and start every game because every US international game because he will be starting US international games no matter what within a year or two at at, at the least. So um you know, I mean he's I would say I would say he is on track for a Tim Howard S career. Uh, But that's mostly just because, I mean, it's so hard to say that he could actually do it because Tim Howard, you know, was a goalkeeper in the Premier League for, no joke, like 12, 13 years and was like a starter uh, during that time span, played for Manchester United and Everton, right? right? Um, You know, he's at Man City, you know, who knows? If Ederson eventually leaves or gets hurt and and, and opens up a chance for for Stefan, that would be huge. The issue with Stefan it's kind of the issue that Tim Howard had at at Manchester United all those years ago in the early parts of his career is because Ederson is like 25 years old. He's not young at all and is already like top 2 or 3 goalkeeper in the world. So it's it's kind of like shit, I've got a you know a legend in his prime in front of me who's got at least like you know 4 or 5 years barring disaster. Tim Howard had Edwin van der Sar who, former Fulham player as well, uh, was like in his prime, a little bit older, but so was Tim Howard. So, you know, we'll see, but Zach Steffen, you know, random name to keep an eye out on, Uh, just a random soccer tidbit for you.
1: The more you know. See, and, like, I, I, I'm becoming more of a soccer guy now. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to declare. I'm always going to declare my fandom for AC Milan, but just wait until Dom's soccer corner start coming around in the next few months. <laughs> you guys are in for a
2: treat. You need to pick an MLS team.
1: I do. Oh, actually, I do have an MLS team, uh, but it just sucks because I don't follow them as hard as I should be. I've always been a San Jose Earthquakes guy, cause I I've always been a Chris Wondolowski. Oh, you've
2: fan. talked about this Wondolowski, yeah. Mm-hmm. So out of left field, considering you're from New York and yeah, you also. But, but yeah, it, mean, you,
1: you know, my 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 fandoms are weird. It's it, it's I'm either on the coast or it's the Buffalo Bills. I'm 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 am I'm, I'm in California or it's the Buffalo Bills. So there are. There are no other substitutes to it to there. But, yeah, I, I, I got to follow them better. But, obviously, you know, like here in Tallahassee, I, I get to cover um, uh, an amateur, you know, a semi-amateur soccer team here that's, you know, fun to get out and just cover and watch and stuff. I mean, soccer just kicks ass, though. You know, like that's the other thing that I think even if you're not like – if you're on more of my level of uh, terms of your fandom and appreciation for the game, still, like, when you get to just watch a game, whether it's on TV or in person, like, soccer just kicks ass, though. So, obviously, you know, having all this happening, and then the, you still have the Euros to look forward to the summer when the Olympics maybe aren't going to happen, that's a saving grace in my book. And it's just, like, why don't you want to watch the best players and teams in, in Europe, you know, go head-to-head with each other? Like, that's that's great fucking sports right there that's great sports television you everybody should be exci- if you like sports and don't hate soccer you all should be excited for that so it's, it's fun I, I i like it i always enjoy this because the more i learn the more it helps people get into it because you know it's, a, it's the world's biggest sport for a reason as they say
2: yep this is uh it's it's true and it's it is a beautiful game so uh international soccer is how i got more and more into soccer and uh and And with the summer coming around and the Euros, like Dom's saying, you know, it's a great chance to see the best soccer and it's a great chance to, you know, I mean, shit, what else are you going to do? If you're not a baseball fan, you're probably not going to be watching much come July. So, uh, so, so get your fucking, you know, go do your Ancestry.com. Go get you know go go figure out exactly how much uh, German or French or whatever the fuck you are. I'm mostly French, believe it or not. Well, I'm about um, that, who
1: who do you poll for in the let's just talk Euro? So let's not talk well, Euro. Who's your Euro team?
2: Uh, it's it's definitely France, generally speaking, because that's that is who for the most part where my like lineage comes from. Nice. Because the other options would be like Ireland or like Germany and and Ireland's terrible and Germany's like, I I mean, they were dominant for so long over the past like decade up until, you know, France won it in 2018. So now it's, now I'm rooting for the Yankees, I guess, but France has like a really awesome team too. Like they have a lot of players I like. So, so there's that. Um, I would say I generally like to see England do well, not for any reason, just because they never do like as well as they should. And, um, I'll be, uh, I always like to see the you know everyone wants to see the smaller countries do well. So like if France lost to, like I don't know, you know uh, Ivory uh, Coast that's not even a real statue. I'm just thinking of FIFA teams. Ah, uh,
1: let's just <laughs> I can't even name. Yeah, a small I'm European glad you know country. geography. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, if,
2: if 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 you know France lost to to it's not Croatia because Cro- Croatia's pretty good, but like let's say Serbia, who's like a a mid major, like they're 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 solid but they're not great. The I series. you know I'd be. I would be I would be fine with that. I'm cool with an upset, but I don't, I don't get super passionate about France in international soccer. I just enjoy watching the soccer. Um, really, the U.S. is the only time you're gonna see me getting getting amped up over over international soccer. Um, you know, I, I stay true to the red, white, and blue. So. See, now, I, I, I'll
1: say that too, but your logic on getting the 23 and me, the Ancestry.com thing to find your team, it scares me because I've always been an Italy supporter, so shout out the 06 World Cup where we beat France, uh, Zinedine, uh, Zinedine Zidane's infamous headbutt. But I will say, though, is that, you know, rest in peace to my grandmother. Uh, I found out shortly, shortly before uh, she passed away that she wasn't as Italian as I thought she was, so it, it lowers my Italian because it lowers everybody else in the family who spawns off her tree. Now, her her husband, my grandpa, is a full-blown Italian, so my my team, always in Europe, has been Italy. Now, I'm super scared because what we found out is that she has a lot of Dutch and German, so am, have I been rooting for Italy this whole time when I should have had my allegiance to Germany or the Netherlands I don't know I'm a little scared to ever do that test because that's a really tough thing to find out what I've been thinking this whole time I'm like 75% Italian when in reality I'm probably 50 or less and then I gotta all of a sudden start rooting for the Netherlands you know Like that's a, well, I don't, that's a reality I don't, I, don't, I don't want to face yet
2: I don't have a number for, for my, any of my like lineage. I'm just going off of what family members have told me. So, I mean, I, you know, I could be, I could be, my heart could be in the wrong place too. Uh, but I don't know, man, I think, I think you're probably in the clear. You, if you have a full blown Italian grandfather, I think that alone is enough to to get you across the, 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 uh, the, the line for being an Italy supporter. Score. Score. All right, I'll take it.
1: Goal, uh, Well, obviously a lot of great stuff to look forward to there, but a lot of really great stuff to look forward to is in the world of fighting. Whether it's UFC or boxing, there's always going to be storylines, especially when you involve the Paul brothers. So Logan and and Floyd Mayweather are coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that on our weekend show. But man, oh, man, Evan, the the Paul brothers just love when the attention is on themselves, and specifically Jake Paul, uh, because it was just announced today that he and Tyrone Woodley, a former UFC fighter himself, have agreed to a fight August 22nd. Boxing fight, not a UFC fight, because Jake Jake is going to try getting every advantage that he can. But another just great television moment that I'm sure is about to come up here. And quite honestly, at this point, dude, I'm just looking forward to who's going to be the first guy to just punch this dude's teeth in.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm hoping that this is one that, you know, we... Uh we we actually get to see that. I mean, I I think that the the bar has been set low, right? Because Nate Robinson and uh, <laughs> and and uh, and Ben Askren both you know didn't really give a shit about their fights. At least that's kind of the conventional thought. I mean, based on the way they rolled up to said fights, um, I hope that Woodley obviously comes in with a bit more intensity hopefully he understands that you know jake paul can fight i mean at the end of the day i do think we have to admit at this point that jake paul somewhat knows what he's doing i mean he's he's not and he's also a big ass dude i mean Mm -hmm. he's not some tiny guy yeah so you know so so with that said with that begrudgingly said you know hopefully that 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 has woodley kind of kind of actually taking this seriously and and yeah hopefully you know we get to uh to watch, you know, Jake Paul maybe spit spit a tooth out. But now there there but.
1: is there is part of me that sickly, like I don't know, like there's there's a little bit of me that kind of actually would like to see Jake win because I would just like to see him keep going against bigger and better guys until he finally meets his match. Right? Like like I agree in the fact that I don't think Jake Paul is any amateur or some scrub. Like he's definitely proved that, that he you know he he can hold his own against you know some pretty below average people and he at least has mechanics to keep himself in a ring and obviously he's gonna tr- attract eyeballs and money advertisers yada 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 but i don't know i i just i, I think it's just fun it's, it's a little it's interesting and i feel for the like the fans of like true boxing who don't really like find any of this entertaining who find it degrading to the sport like that's just a hill i can't really relate to it's not like a take that i'm gonna side with because i don't really know how they're feeling uh, i i just think that like, you run your mouth, you're going to get hit. At least that's how we were raised. We just come from different spectrums of where we are egotistically. So, like, of course I want to see this dude, as you said, spit blood, lose a tooth, get concussed, you know, sent to the hospital. It is what it is, right? But, on the other hand... It is really entertaining to always line yourself up, and you know, like who's 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 next after Tyrone Woodley? Like fucking Barney the Dinosaur, and like like who who, does Arnold Schwarzenegger like step back in at seventy-two years old? Like who who comes in and gets the Paul brothers next, right? Like that's kind of the attraction I get from them. It's just like they're always gonna bring in some pretty some pretty like you know big name people that are gonna make for an interesting. You know, thriller fight. Uh, whoever the hell sponsors these or televises these, right? So, yeah, I just I, I, I think it's entertaining, and I, I, I'm all here for it. And it's a great way to create more publicity for the Mayweather Logan Paul fight coming up this weekend.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, and uh, and yeah, I I mean, I'll give him credit. I I I did think that I thought he could fight another like professional fighter or former professional fighter. But I thought that now that he had beaten Ascarin, he was going to, you know, try and stick to, to, to mostly people who were also, you know, amateur fighters at the end of the day. Uh, but, but no, I mean, he's obviously going back for a little bit more. And there is, I do agree with your sentiment. Like, I do want to see how far this goes. But at the same time, I, I don't want to
1: see Jake Paul win seven fights in a row. Somehow,
2: I don't want to live in a world where Jake Paul is like like adding a like like prize championship fighter next to his name like i i've really like i it's 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 a dangerous road we walk here it's a very slippery slope we walk we we're we're going down because it can either be okay this is just wildly entertaining and shocking and fun and and whatever and you know what it's all bullshit so let's just have a good time or it could be oh my god like Jake Paul is never leaving the spotlight, like ever. Like, it's right. he is, he is a you know, he's going to be a you know, quote unquote star for pretty much you know, the next decade, which doesn't sound great, yeah, but that doesn't. You know, the problem, the whole problem child thing, I think I could take like
1: that was really cool during like. COVID when we had nothing else going on. I think it has some attraction to it and allure for the next like year or two. But yeah, I don't need to be seeing like Ryan Garcia versus Jake Paul for the for the light heavyweight battle or like the you know, the the middleweight battle of the century coming in like twenty twenty seven, you know. Like you, you, you can miss me with that kind of bullshit. That's not that's not anything that I think anybody wants to see. But for the time being, it's it's entertaining, and, you know, like like I said, I, I understand where, like, the real boxing fans come from and their frustration about all this. I just can't relate to it. Because I, I don't know. I mean, just be, being more of a UFC guy, like, I'm always going to be here for the entertainment factor. And that's just plain and simple all this is. It's just entertainment. Like, I don't even think Logan Paul versus Floyd is going to be a great fight. And, like I said, I don't want to get into it too much. But these are all just for entertainment. Like, I don't expect, I, if, if you're going into any of these fights, especially Jakes versus versus Tyrone or whoever it may be, like, don't don't go into it thinking you're going to get, like, a quality, technical, great boxing match. You you're gonna get you're gonna get showmanship you're gonna you're just gonna get antics and you're gonna get entertainment. Don't don't go in with high hopes. Go in for the
2: entertainment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, we'll see. And uh, I you know we'll we'll uh, I honestly will be a lot more happy, excited slash like optimistic about the fight in uh, uh, between Woodley and and Jake Paul, depending on what goes on with Logan and Mayweather uh uh in a week or so uh that or this weekend i guess is since it's tuesday i uh if if Logan if Logan gets like knocked the fuck out then you know what i'm cool you know i'm like all right word all right We, we we got to see a paul brother eat it but if somehow some way that's not what happens oh man oh man this it could literally like it could be the the summer of the Paul brothers, which yeah, I
1: I think man. Joe Biden I think Joe Biden might have to claim the twenty fifth, and Logan Paul might have to be president for like a week.
2: Like he I he's, think, he's gonna be that he's gonna be that relevant that he will be the leader of the free world. Well, I think I think you know they need to get the CIA or the FBI and. Or somebody and plant some shit on the paul brothers if if logan logan wins on this weekend because yeah i don't i don't care what it takes if it means you know you got to put you know a a full pound of heroin in their in their uh their traveling bus you know we we can't we can't just have the paul brothers doing nothing but succeeding that's not acceptable there's got to be L's thrown in the mix and uh, and 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 right now there's there's not enough for my liking but you know I'm not I'm not a uh, I'm not convinced that there won't be ls on the way I guess you know Sunday Sunday mm-hmm. will tell a lot yeah a- absolutely and uh yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk about
1: we'll talk about Logan and Floyd a little bit more coming up this weekend. Because uh, there's also some UFC stuff going on as well, so we'll get a little fighting, little fighting news coming up in this weekend's episode. So be sure to tune back in then. Uh, we want to wrap it up here, and there's one last thing we have to talk about because, like me and Evan, preferenced it before we started recording, and like I said in the beginning and during the intro, you know, like football is, you know, NFL still a couple months out from really getting underway, OTAs and training camps, you know, OTAs are, have, have happened, training camps are coming up, but any reason to talk about Professional football is going to be, you know, just a godsend gift for me and Evan. And Julio Jones is providing that. Now, dating back to last week when, you know, Shannon Sharp Cole called him and did the opposite of what a good journalist does and, like, put him on live air and, like, made him admit that he's probably not going to be in Atlanta anymore. So, wild stuff there. But, you know, Shannon Sharp has technically created this talking point for us. So, thank you, Shannon. Um, With that being said, now, discussing three teams that. The julio rumors of where julio jones could fit uh what what team do you what what do you want to start with here because we we all have the same three teams and we can kind of give our our opinion here where do you where do you want to start on this
2: i say we start with the eagles because i feel like that's the one i've seen the most chatter about okay um and you know understandably so uh the the prospect of teaming up uh uh julio julio with Devonte smith and then with you know with Jalen Hurts who obviously they they missed each other at during their times at Alabama but you know uh, still a little bit of uh, chemistry there I think I think that could really be good I just also I as as much as I as I kind of like the idea of that and and I uh, you know as an Alabama fan it would be you know weirdly nostalgic or emotional to see Devonte and Julio side by side I also think that. I think, I think there's two major problems. The first being, I think that, you know, Julio wants to go somewhere where he's going to win. You know, he kind of said that with the Cowboys thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, I'm not going there. I want to win. I think he probably wouldn't have that much more success with if the Eagles.
1: Philly, yeah, that, that, that was kind of the big concern for me. It's like, well, if you're looking for that win now, let's go get it, attitude. Then Philly's probably a li- lot. Like, and, 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 and I think – if you're thinking of a team who has a better shot between Philadelphia and Dallas, who could have the better success, who could be in the better win-now attitude, you. Add, I think you take Philadelphia in this instance. I think there's enough talent. I, I still think you take Philly in my opinion, but it's not like it's guaranteed. It, it, it,
2: I, I disagree. I actually do think it's the Cowboys that will sure. end up having the better record, but, um, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> what?! I know. Um, but then on <laughs> top of that, the other big issue, obviously, is cap space. Um, but the thing with uh, the thing with the, the Eagles is that, you know, I mean, they do have players they want to get rid of, like Zach Ertz, who is, is on a pretty decent-sized contract. You know, I mean, they could make the space work. I think they could pull it off if they really wanted to. I don't think cap space is as big of a deal as uh, as some people make it out to be. I mean... The best front offices always are able to flex and and kind of make that kind of stuff work.
1: Yeah,
2: um, I mean the the and- bills
1: the bills literally just did that today with Stephon Diggs.
2: They they gave him all his salary in, in a
1: signing bonus rather than pay it out over the course of the season to free up cap space for uh, for either an addition to the team or for, you know, a, a future player's contract to be to, to be named later. But that goes along with your point. I I, I agree absolutely that cap space is definitely a, an issue that I feel like even a lot of, like, national football guys talk about and they blow it up. But in reality, it really isn't that, like, it's not that big of a deal. There are a lot of ways to get around cap space issues.
2: Yeah, for sure. There's a, a lot of the stuff that's not, like... You know, we are at five million dollars of free cap space, and we want to sign Aaron Rodgers. Like that's, you know, there's obviously scenarios where it just doesn't work, uh, unless you like throw the house, or you know, you give away everything but the kitchen sink. Right. Um, but like. It's, you know, with the Eagles, I feel like they could pull it off based on based on their situation. And and, you know, it's it's just going to be a matter of of dealing with the competition, which, you know, includes a team like uh, the, the Ravens, which I, I think is a really, really good fit, too. Um, I think I think that would be a classic fit, you know, just Julio would have to get used to what would be interesting is that Julio would probably end up having less receiving yards than he has on average over the years but will end up having more touchdowns than he had on average. And I,
1: I, I, don't, I don't think that's bad when you consider his, his age and how long he's been in the league for, what, what his real ability is. Like, what, where where do you, well, first off, the question that comes to that is where do you think Julio Jones performs in terms of his maximum capability? I mean, it's got to obviously, I'm not saying Julio Jones is washed by any means. He's far from that. I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad receiver because he's still a top 10, top 15 receiver, but he's definitely not like, he's not prime Julio. So maybe that. No, it's may, not five years ago. So maybe a little lesser of a role is what he needs, and I, I think I think that it's okay to not give Julio Jones the receiving yards and touches that he gets, but that, that's a dangerous threat to have in any red zone. So yeah, it's that that's it's interesting. It's interesting you bring up the Ravens because that's a team I've seen a little bit, and I I, I obviously think Lamar needs that 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 wide receiver one threat you know and depending on how really if he becomes the number one there you know we beg to see but interesting dynamic trying to flow that baltimore offense and how do you acclimate julio jones into it
2: no for sure and i i mean i i think that that if you think about it, you know it, it would seem kind of like overkill. Which which a lot of the the talking places, you know, the random names are being thrown out. Not random, but but the names being thrown out are not places that that need a receiver. Really, they're a team that you know could elevate their offense to a to a whole different level by just having him as you know. Potentially, it's number one. It depends on how he plays. But but at worst, probably the best number two in the NFL. Right. Um, And, you know, the Ravens are already kind of stacked. I mean, you know, you got Hollywood Brown. You have Mark Andrews at tight end. They just drafted Rashad Bateman.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sammy but, S- Sammy Watkins, obviously, they're just a veteran presence at this point, not not anything that escalates it, but you have right. at least at least a solid wide receiver in, in that. But course. the
2: Ravens are in win now mode. I mean, the Ravens are in a place where they need to be thinking. You know, I mean, they obviously are good enough to get to the playoffs the past two years. They but like need you said, to be what, able to get ele- under that hump.
1: Yeah, what elevates them, and yeah, you know, obviously, Julio Jones could very very easily be that piece.
2: Right, especially. I mean, they got a. They they signed uh, you know we'll we'll see if it ends up working out I really think that the this is kind of a side tangent but I really think the the season for the Ravens is going to rest on I mean you know shocker on the offensive line but you know they they traded uh, what's his name to the to the Chiefs Orlando Brown um, Orlando Brown and brought in uh, Anthony Villanueva from the Sealers. Who is a really you know established veteran tackle, but also not exactly like a star tackle right. in the NFL. So, so I, I think that matters more. But if they think that they feel good about that, and and they think you know, I mean, Julio Jones, you know for a fact, you know for for if you've got guys like Rashad Bateman and and Hollywood Brown that can stretch the field, Julio is going to be able to have so much more space than he was probably accustomed to in Atlanta and and, and it would set up really well for him but you know again just another scenario where they've got some cap space that they could work with but I doubt they would be trading much uh, to you know in terms of their own players to to go to go get them Um, but yeah and then, uh, do you do we do you have anything you want to add about the Ravens, or should no, we move on to the no, next? No,
1: I, I, I think we move on to our, our next team, which are the Tennessee Titans. And this one, again, it, it, I think it's I think you make almost very similar arguments with the Titans that you do the Ravens. You think about a team who has come up short in the past two playoffs, who have been on that verge, right? AFC Championship loss uh, to. Uh, two years ago and then obviously yep. a departure from the playoffs this year like again it's it's a team that needs a little bit of help to get over the bump my only issue with the titans though is i think there are just way there's a lot more holes i feel like in tennessee and it's not even just offensive i'm talking just as a collective unit than there are in baltimore as to why i don't even know if the addition of julio jones makes makes him any better. Now, the Titans absolutely are a lucrative spot. If you want to talk about a team that's in win-now mode that Julio Jones does have the chance to do well with, absolutely, you make that the Tennessee's right up there with Baltimore in that argument. I feel like, though, if, I, if I'm just looking at this like an analyst kind of view, the Titans, to me, don't scream out the right fit as much as the Ravens do. I, I, I think part of that is I, I kind of... I'm not a Ryan Tannehill hater, so don't get me wrong, but... I don't know about how how much longer is Ryan Tannehill going to be able to play to the level he he has like because the minute the minute defenses wise up and take Derrick Henry out of a game, which obviously has not been shown to be very successful. A lot of teams are not good at taking Derrick Henry out of a ball game. So, you know, that's obviously to be seen as well. But the minute a team takes Derrick Henry out of the game, you have to put all the weight of the shoulders onto Ryan Tannehill. I just don't know how many more seasons he's going to be able to keep doing that. And for that reason alone, that's what makes me feel less confident about Julio Jones' ability to to adequately make the plays that he would need to in a system like Tennessee. I I don't get the good feelings like I did in Baltimore.
2: I get that. I just think that. You know, really when I when I bring up the Titans as like uh as you know, and when people have brought up the Titans as a potential fit, it's mostly because AJ Brown has gone on like Twitter and Instagram and stuff and has been like pleading julio and the titans to to get something going because he wants to play with julio and and understandably so because you know really you know it, it's the the titans uh, uh receiving group over the past like two or three years is really kind of depleted uh they've just had guys that either didn't work out like Corey davis or you know delaney walker has just moved on he's you know got kind of old and, and is, is gone and and i mean at this point it's really just aj brown you know, it's, it's, it's AJ Brown. You have Josh Reynolds, you have Des Fitzpatrick, but really it's Josh Reynolds is a number two or number, th- like really looks, he's always kind of been a number three when he was at the, when he was at, when he was uh, at, at in Los Angeles, right. and it, it kind of still feels that way. AJ Brown has is not quite you know like a speed guy like Hollywood Brown is or Rashad Bateman is with with the Ravens, but but is definitely a guy who can stretch the field and and Julio you know would would be able to at least draw some attention away from Julio. So I, I think it fits a little bit better. I do think you're right though that yeah, I mean if I'm Julio and I've got options between let's say the Titans and the Ravens, I would say, yeah, i prefer I mean, yeah, you're going but, Tannehill
1: versus Lamar Jackson as a guy who's throwing to you, right? Which,
2: which either way, I mean, you're either saying, I want a guy that, you know, maybe a, a quarter of the time I would be able to catch a pass when Lamar is busy running, and then with Tannehill, it's a quarter of the time that I would be able to maybe catch a pass from a different guy, you know, we're probably actually running the ball instead. You know, because Derrick Henry and and what have you. And and at the end of the day, I mean, it does really set up well for the play-action offense. I mean, there's pretty much no one else better in the NFL right now at the classic play-action offense other than uh, the Titans. And, you know, uh, no disrespect to Tom Brady because he's still the GOAT of that. but. Like, I mean, really, it's the Titans and the Bucks, And then, you know, there's – I wouldn't say there's anybody else that touches them. So it could work out. But at the same time, it's a matter of, yeah, does Julio want to go there? Does Tennessee want to give up what they will have to give up for Julio? Because, I mean, some people are saying it's going to be a first-round pick. Some people are saying it's, you know, maybe a couple second-day picks. Either way, it's a lot. And, and, you know, he's 32. So you're basically saying we want this guy for – You know, I would say Julio's got two or three really good years left in him. Yeah, Uh, my
1: my first number came to my head was three. I I think three is very fair. I think you absolutely could say Julio Jones has three. And I'm not saying, like, maybe Pro Bowl caliber, exceptional years, maybe one of those years, but you're getting three, I would say, very good years. I I yeah. and, which which I think is a step down below like the Pro Bowl level, right? Like yeah, I think you get three very good years out of Julio, then then you know the rest is a question mark. But if you work out the contract well enough, that's really all you'd want to be getting him for anyways.
2: This is a this is honestly this conversation has made me a lot lot sadder than I thought it was going to cuz it's just making me realize how old I am and and that Julio Jones isn't this, you know, isn't isn't in his prime anymore and he's not the most dominant receiver in the nfl like he was you know five five six years ago and so correct me if i'm wrong uh, did
0: julio jones
1: come out of the same draft class as matt stafford or uh,
2: or my it was 2011 it was 2011 give me a second i'll look it up real quick just to just to see um
1: yeah it's just but i i i understand because I, i remember when first uh
2: Yo, Julio Jones came out of the season. He didn't. He didn't, by the way. He came out in. Yeah, it was 2011, so he came out in the same draft as. uh, as, That was Cam Newton, number one. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was. That was.
1: Stafford. Stafford's. I think Stafford's older, so that's why I'm I'm getting. He's
2: the year before the year. Even maybe the year before that. I would say he might Um, not
1: be 09. I'm getting getting my shit all messed up here, but. Yeah, it's a. I, I mean. It, it, it is weird. It is weird to think about a lot of these. Like, and we brought up a guy with, like, the Ravens who still blows my mind. Like, Sam, I remember when Sammy Watkins first came into the NFL, you know, and then, like, yeah, you know, he, And now he's, you know, a couple teams off, four. You know, he's probably in his seventh or eighth year in the NFL. Like, there's just guys now that are getting older in the NFL, and it just makes you feel old. It's the first time as, you know, mid-20-year-old dudes that we're finally starting to feel like our dads. Like, I, remember, I feel like I remember growing up with uh, him. Yeah, he was a great ball player and loved watching him.
2: Well, Julio is just like, I don't know. He's, from an Alabama fan perspective especially, he's, he's like – I think everything that symbolizes the change in in programs, because his first year was in uh, was in oh eight, and then he played all the way through the twenty ten season, and you know two thousand and nine, Julio just being this like. This kind of dominant presence, especially offensively, that Alabama fans hadn't seen in God knows how long. So uh it was it was just it's just, you know, nostalgia for well, me. Well so
1: and, so would and, you would you credit Julio Jones for guys like like uh uh, DeMontis, uh
2: Oh for sure. DeMontis, DeMontis he is the start of, like, yeah, that's he, all, is, he is the he he is kind of the seed that starts the like the alabama receiver train which really didn't get going in full force until probably like five or six years ago Mm -hmm. i mean you have you have julio you've got amari cooper you know those are those are big names that came through but but if you go look on like some of those alabama 08 09 2010 2011 teams there's a lot of guys that you know were really good in college but weren't you know these like oh god that's an nfl first rounder no questions asked but then you start to get into Amari cooper and like 2012 2013 and then and then you know you start hitting the point where it's like two guys a year right where it's Mm -hmm. you know you've got you've got one or two guys on each alabama each year that that's like wow that's a that's a first rounder and i think we may have brought this up before but that 2011 nfl draft uh the of the top 11 picks cam newton von miller marcel Marcel Darius. darius AJ Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, Alden Smith, Tyron Smith, J.J. Watt. I mean, just and insane. It's, and it's funny that the fucking
1: Bills picked Marcel Darius over J.J. Watt.
0: God yeah, damn Yeah, but it.
2: Marcel was good. I mean, <laughs> no, they paid no, him no, too no. much he, eventually,
1: but he was yeah, good. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I actually, I, I did
1: used to, I mean, Marcel Darius was a, a hole-clogger. I actually then went to Jacksonville after he left Buffalo. Yeah, he, so. had, a, he
2: had a really big year in 2017 with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, shout out to the Jags and the Titans for also showing up in that top 10 with Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert. So, uh, glad, uh, glad that the AFC South could, could bring some pride, uh, to, to an incredible draft class. But yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different options and then not, you know, to get back to our point with Julia, we also kind of were, were discussing the Patriots earlier in the day about, you know, potentially him going there, which, Which would also make sense. I mean, they've got two really great tight ends and and a pretty average receiver group, so they could definitely use it. But, um, you know, I I don't know if Julio would want to go there. Yeah, that was my my only thing that my saving – because I think that
1: would suck. That would suck to see Julio go to the Patriots because that kind of – for me, that makes him an unlikable player. Like, I automatically – and I don't want to – I want to keep liking Julio Jones, but he goes to the Patriots. That's a real moral conflict I'm going to have myself. That being said, I think you're right. You bring up a good point. I don't think that's what Julio's looking for. Like That's, that's very cut and dry by the books. That's Bill Belichick running every day of your life. Like, it's a cut and dry. Yeah, but this man was
2: coached by Nick Saban. This man likes that. I guarantee you this man's not that opposed to it. But 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 he he
1: also hasn't had a guy like Nick Saban for, you know, what, 20, so almost 10 years of his career now. Does he want to go back to that? Or has he now seen that the
2: grass is greener? And would you say that Dan Quinn, having Dan Quinn for six years, is Dan Quinn a guy that is known for being super loose and super uh, whatever? He's not. I mean, Dan Quinn is known for being a a hard ass to a degree as well. I really don't think that plays a factor for Julio. I really don't. And in fact, I feel like Belichick sells him more. On going to the Patriots, then more so than just. I think his hang up is okay, so my quarterback is Cam Newton, who I'm not convinced by. And then, worst case, okay, so Mac Jones comes in. What happens if Mac Jones's ass? You know, I mean, I think that's more of the reason why. The Patriots are clearly. What happens
1: is Julio Jones becomes the best jet sweep, has to become the best jet sweep wide receiver in the NFL. They used
2: to, Alabama and, and early Falcons days, I mean, they used to run a jet sweep per game. And really, what's funny is that, that. don't be, Well, what's funny is that, you know, they would do fine. But I've I don't I, I remember watching Julio Jones take jet sweeps often at Alabama and never breaking anything open because the moment Julio moves over the entire defense's eyes goes What you know, we gotta go. We gotta go yeah. over there wherever he's going. But right. but um I don't know. I don't think it's Belchick that's the issue with the Patriots. I think just that the, the Patriots are not in win now mode, I think it's less of, I think it's it's less of that and more of just we're not sure where we're at this year. We got to figure out how good Cam can actually be, you know, whatever. Um, and so I think that's the issue there. But but we'll see. I mean, it sounds like no matter what, he's gone. Um, so it's uh, it's just a matter of if and when, I guess.
1: Yeah, I I think what whatever team hopefully that he goes on, I I think that. Regardless, he'll find some sort of success. I think whatever team it is will will kind of change the variance of that degree of success. But Julio is going to do Julio shit, and he's going to have a level of success wherever he goes. And like I said, as long as it's not the Patriots, that's awesome. I don't even care if he went to the Jets or the Dolphins. I'll still root for him there. Just not the it's not the damn Patriots, and I'm okay with it.
2: Yeah, I uh, I would hate to get, see him go to the Titans, but I uh, I just think it's a. It's a realistic fit and maybe something they'll be interested in doing. But but we'll see. We'll yep. see. And we
1: shall see. We shall see indeed, folks. It's been real. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to wrap things up here. That does about it. Just about does it for our time here at Down and Out. Like I said, we're going to come back this upcoming weekend. We'll talk more NBA stuff. We got uh, Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather fight coming up, some UFC stuff. I'm sure there's going to be more news that pops up and circulates. Maybe we have answers for the Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers trades going on. With our luck in the world of podcasting, as you all know, the news will probably drop the minute I end this recording right now, and then we'll be screwed as I post it tomorrow. But it is what it is. That's how. That's, that's just the world of podcasting. Um, Again, JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror. That's our intro and outro music. Go check them out on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, anywhere you stream this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. You name it, you'll find it. Down and Out is everywhere. Uh, Social media plug as well. Give them them, them the plug, Evan, because you're our social media guy here.
2: Down, capital In out, podcast. At, down, capital In. out out podcast that's uh that's uh that's that's where you can find us on twitter and and interact with us and tell us whether you you think we're assholes or if you think we're assholes but we're right this time um you know and 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 kind of also we we always tweet out the episodes from the the twitter accounts so if you don't You know set notifications on spotify or or apple Podcasts or what have you but you know uh if if you're not doing it that way then you can always go on twitter and see the uh see links to the latest episodes and and make sure you're up to date and and uh yeah it's a it's a blast and the goal is to you know get more and more active on there over time but you know me and dom having full-time jobs as well as trying to do this it's it's one of those things that you know we're, we're we're getting there but it's uh you know, you know. Sadly, we do we do have uh, priorities and and uh, commitments that we have to stay true to. So it's true. Uh, but you know
1: what they say, Evan, is that Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, the greatest podcast in the world. Even though we are that right now, to take it to the heights that we want to, you know, it'll just take some time.
2: Hopefully, by the time me and Dom start getting social security checks, we'll have a, we'll have a hundred listeners, and, and we'll be able to you know really get it going there.
1: Oh, my God, I cannot. Live from a golf course every single day. Well, that's when we record our podcast is on the turn at 9 at the clubhouse as we're
2: whooping down a glass of whiskey with a nice club sandy, you know, a little sandy. God, we need to actually do that, get a sponsorship to a golf course and and do that because, Steve, that would be nice. One day, folks, we'll be there. And uh,
1: But you know what? Guess what? The people listening right now will get to say they were day ones. You know? Like, y- yep. you were here in the roots, baby. So you'll y'all, always get special love and appreciation from us. And we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Be sure to share this with your friends. Tell us about Down and Out. Help us grow the fan base so we can start doing more fun stuff like that. So maybe we could quit our jobs one day. Who knows? You know? But it's been fun. This has been Down and Out. Evan, was there any parting words I think you had to get to the people?
2: Uh, no. Just uh, go follow that Twitter account. Stay tuned and, uh, and, you know, go Jaguars. And go Bills. Uh, nice <laughs> gentlemen, Thank you
1: for tuning in. This has been Down and Out. We'll see you guys all next time. But until then, Ariba Dare
0: Chi. Later. Now I want to face it, but my mentalism basic. gets complex. Seeing all the strings, and I hate it. But don't feel sad for a guy that is mad. Get glad and help me turn into a guy like that. Castle. Pull up on the scene and cause a hassle. Happy looking at me like, who is this bastard? Cool, like guys, big slam pop, like medicine that isn't really yours, but you. Take it with your friends cool calm collected but I love to act hectic sitting in the corner in the dark like Riddick with the notepad out thinking about lyrics I ignored your story cause I didn't want to hear it bitch did you ever really catch a switch where I went from rock to Buddha to vibe like a fish a like white chocolate handing out a dish if the devil shows up in my soul he just wish I might accept the offer cause I want to grind the cars and give the trophies to my mama make him sweat like Asana cause that like I can't Then I'ma spit like a llama Take your girlfriend out And give a Balenciaga So check me out feel me up and watch me bounce Cause the new man in the mirror Is looking like a mouse Switch places Change faces Now Buddha runs a house Trust hip hop more than bitches So I'ma take her as a spouse Or at least a concubine If in front of my I feel divine I'ma grab it like a shield And I make it shine Cause when I'm polished I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant go through the ceiling Man in the mirror doubled up, now you all the fuck We go again, but when we stop blazing Boom, boom, pow, pow, what you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a powwow Besides, find a man, page your face, cause you a damn clown Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now The name is Buddha, bitch Damn,
2: Uh,
0: look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now